Okay, here we go, bro. Ready? Bet. What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with a new episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 55. Slowly but surely, we're coming back. I mean, I want to thank you for, you know, I've been having a little bit of a problem, health issues and stuff. But, I mean, we're, we're trying to get be as consistent as we used to be. And we're trying to uh, continue bringing you some good information on this podcast. So, hopefully, you stick around with us and you enjoy this conversation that we're about to have. You know, we had a lot of things going on over the weekend. During the week of last week, uh, we had the NFL draft. Over the weekend, we had uh, Dominic Reyes, UFC fighter, come back. Uh, trying to get uh, back on his uh, back on track uh, with his career, and we also had the big talk of the of the weekend, which was Andy Ruiz. A big topic uh, for us, especially uh, we explained to you what it meant for him to get a victory this week, and we we're, we're going to break down what we thought about the fight. Also, we have uh, something to look forward to also this Saturday, which is Canelo the pound for pound king right now versus uh, Billy Joe Saunders. We're going to give you our take on that fight and uh, the difficulty that. People might not know that is to come to Can- for, to Canelo Alvarez with the fighting style of uh, Billy Joe Saunders. If you're not um, in tune with his career and his fighting style, so we're gonna we're gonna break all that down. First of all, I want to congratulate you. I'm pretty sure you don't know what I'm talking about, but we're gonna throw in a little soccer here. The Monterrey yesterday in the Champions League, they beat out uh, Columbus Crew, so they are in. The semifinals, they will be facing Cruz Azul in the CONCACAF Champions League. So, a little something that people might not know about. But, I mean, it was a good game yesterday. So, congrats. Um, so, let's get started with the NFL draft. The NFL draft was last Thursday. And there was a lot of there's a lot of attention, you know, especially in the first round. Who's going to get who? Who's going number one? I mean, we, we all knew who was going number one. Number one, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Um, finally get to see people finally get to see what at least us college fans have been seeing for four years uh-huh. uh, no excuse me three years because he was only there for three seasons and uh, he's a good quarterback he's been projected uh, the one of the best quarterbacks in the country since he was in high school so it's going to be a fun uh, talent to see hitting the NFL Jacksonville is not the best team right now you know they got a new head coach Robert Meyer so it's going to be a lot for him to handle now the fact that Going into, I'm 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 gonna say last year, for sure last year. But people that you know are that are into recruiting and and high school play and and the level of you know how people get ranked and um, when they get recruited, you're either a five star, or a four star, or, uh, and and so on and so forth. So when when that was the case between Trevor Lawrence and and um, and um, Justin Fields, it had been the conversation for a long time, and especially going into last season or even the the season before, they were one and one a. Like, who's going to be going first? For sure, these guys are going to be one and two. Like, it just depends who has the better season. Uh, uh, going into last season, that that was the conversation being had. Who will have the better season that can maybe let's just say Justin Fields goes all the way undefeated and and wins the national championship that could sway the number one overall picking team to say, maybe this guy is the guy that we need. Maybe, you know, those conversations are had. Uh, but some way, somehow, things got a little off track. And little by little, by little the more that I'm covering and I'm watching uh, college, I tend to see what uh, this has been an ongoing thing when it comes to the draft is that there's a certain player I like. I can't. I can't remember exactly who said. I wish I could give him his credit, but it wasn't me that said. I'm just saying what what I've heard. He said that there's always a player in the draft that gets overly um, overlooked. Not overlooked, but criticized. Okay. Over criticized. So you seem to have like a good good career, but then when it comes to the draft, they start talking too much on your weaknesses you know because when you're when you're coming out of college you're not fully developed right you're going to be a guy that's going to go into a system and to a new team and they're going to develop you you're some people get to start right away some people don't Patrick Mahomes didn't get to start right away Aaron Rodgers didn't get to start right away there's certain players that sit out a year maybe and then they come come out and get to play uh and and they succeed and they become good players and and they they evolve as as the time goes and 
Justin Fields was one of those guys. I mean, you just saw this dude play against Clemson in 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 the uh, in the college football playoff and embarrassed him with a hurt hip. His his hip was crushed after I believe it was the I want to say the second quarter and demolished the the Clemson the Tigers. So I don't understand how you can criticize and in the, the stories that you were just hearing about Justin Fields was to me. I can only imagine how he felt was straight up disrespectful because he was at the top of his game for the majority of his college career. When you talked about the top power five teams, Ohio State and Justin Fields was always in the conversation. But just when it came down to the draft, bro, he fell down. He was what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the eleventh pick. And this whole time he was talking about number one and number two. Zach Wilson from BYU went number two to the Jets. And he got more shine than Justin Fields. Trey Lance, which was the the shocker of everybody of the whole draft, or what well, maybe one of them, but the the first one for sure. People were already speculating that Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one. Zach Wilson was going to go number two. The big question was where was the, uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers were going to go with, and they went with Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And I'm happy for Trey Lance, you know, because he didn't get to play last season. His season was cut off. He only played one game. He was forced to sit out. His team was not playing for the 2020 season. So you had to go based off tape. So you're going to have to win the team over or win teams over with who you are, your character, pretty much. Your character and, and the tape that you've already put up. And it got him it got him enough to, to get him in the third overall, as the third overall pick. Now, if you're Jimmy G, how do you feel? Do you feel disrespected? Do you feel like it's a move that was needed because of uh, your Jimmy just got paid, so. Well, okay, yeah. So I mean, I mean, that's that's the. I think that was his main goal. Getting, getting paid. Getting get paid. Security. I mean, do you do, do you think he really thought he was gonna be great when he was at New England? I mean, that was the conversation, right? That that he Belichick was, wanted to move on from Brady so he can make Garoppolo his his guy from now on. That didn't happen. They moved him on to to San Francisco, and San Francisco. Honestly, me before him even taking the field in San Francisco, I thought he was going to be a, a a good player, like uh, their quarterback, which he is now. But there's questions. There's so many questions around him. Yeah. And when they talk about weaknesses in the in the 49ers team, it, it usually starts with him. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But I'm pretty sure he hears it. But I don't know if he chooses to accept it or or is just being a good teammate. Some people yeah. are just good teammates, you know. And he's already came out and said he's going to help Trey Lance develop. I don't know how true that is. Uh, but he looks like that kind of guy. He looks like that kind of guy that doesn't mind taking a young guy under his wing, knowing that his future is limited in the, in the sport, especially at that position sometimes. His health history also leads him to believe that he doesn't know how long he's going to be able to maintain himself healthy and at the end of the day i think in his mentality is kind of like i'm looking out for my team yeah because at the end of the day i want these guys to win because me and you just looking at the 49ers they're really a quarterback away like they're really they're that good you know they're that good that that they're able to add a few pieces and probably get over the hill over the hump and I'm not going to say that Trey Lance is that guy. I don't know if he is that guy to get them over the hill because he's he's only a rookie, right? He's barely coming in. He doesn't know the system. He he doesn't have chemistry with the players yet and stuff like that. But there's questions, and they've tried to answer those questions with their draft picks. They lost their their defensive court was yeah their defensive coordinator. They lost him. Now he's the head coach of the New York Giants. I mean, the, excuse me, the New York Jets. So also we're gonna see how that deflates their team if if it even does. Was he the biggest reason? Because when you talk about the Forty Niners, you always say that defense is is legit. But there, if you have a good defensive coordinator, a defensive coach, it makes you that much more legit. Yeah, you have the talent, but if you have the the right coach to motivate you every day, to put you in position to win every day, that helps. You know, look at the Cowboys. Name wise, they're probably okay, right? They should be better than what they're doing. Yeah. Now, if you add like a extremely good defensive coordinator that gets them going, you saw what Chris Richard did his first season there when he came from the Seahawks. We were rated almost one of the best defenses in the, in the 
excuse me, in the league, which was rare for the Cowboys because our defense was always trash, and it continues to be trash to this day. Yeah. But that one season that that dude got there, he had Van Der Esch and he had uh, Jalen Smith flying everywhere. That defense was crazy. It was, it was the talk of the Dallas Cowboys team. Um, so it, it definitely does help. Um, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, picks that I like, especially you know Devonte Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, went to the Eagles. That's something that we have to look out for because the Slim Reaper is for real. Just just get used to that name. But um, he he went to Philly. He he re- rejoined with um, Jalen Hurts, uh-huh. so they get to reunite. I'm not saying they're going to be the best, but that's at least a weapon now that he gets to throw to a familiar face. But uh, but I like Justin Fields going to Chicago. What do you think? Uh, Chicago's always been one in the quarterback. But I just feel like Chicago. Now is he going to change the team? Probably not. But at least you mm, got your quarterback. Curse. At least you got your quarterback now. They've always got a decent quarterback. What did you think about the Bills before they even got to? Uh, before they even got Josh Allen, were they cursed as well? Were the Cleveland Browns cursed before they got Baker Mayfield? I mean, you got to have that guy, right? At least you, when you have your franchise quarterback, you know you have a guy that's going to get you there. Well, Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work I mean, because he does, Deshaun he does, Watson. He does have a lot of potential. Okay. Justin yeah. Fields is definitely uh, – I wish he would have came to the Cowboys. No. Uh, I think he would have worked You're asking good. too much. I think he would have worked. Uh, I mean, anybody would have. You would have put Trevor Lawrence there. You would have put a uh, – um, I, think, I think the Cowboys uh, – a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields would work perfectly. You know they call him Baby Dak, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think we have the right guy. But Justin Fields is definitely, for me, a good thing for Chicago. He he is a guy that is a leader, first of all. he The team plays for him. He He's the first one in, the first last one out. But they just need to put some better pieces around him for sure. It's not going to be a season where you're going to say, oh, damn, Justin Fields, like he turned the Chicago Bears around. It's not going to be that kind of season. But it's up to them to to now build around him because you could have a situation. If you don't if you don't build correctly, you're going to have a situation like Deshaun Watson. And I'm not talking about the scandal. I'm talking about him requesting to leave and stuff like that just because you just, you're expected to build around me, not just draft mm-hmm. me and – Leave me out to dry, you know. You all, you always got to have somebody uh, for me to be able to connect with and be able to go with me, ride with me to, to try to get these wins. What did you think about Mac Jones going to uh, going to New England? I mean, they still have Cam Newton. Cam Newton is still there. Mac Jones is one of those guys that doesn't really have an ego. His walk to the stage was hilarious. I don't know if you saw this. It was trending. But his walk to the to the stage after he got picked, it was kind of sad in a way because you know I know Mac Jones, I've seen him play, and when you when he was expected to go third and he didn't, now he starts to drop because not everybody needs a quarterback. So you see him drop, you see three quarterbacks being taken right off the bat, boom, 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 and now he's right there sitting by himself, looking like like a, somebody just took his lunch and he's just sitting there with no lunch and watching everybody eat. So it was kind of like, uh, like hopefully somebody gets picked. But the the relationship between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban is 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 pretty tight. So they, I'm pretty sure they had conversations. And this is kind of a player for me that Bill Belichick kind of wants, like a guy with no ego. He is not demanding, and but he somebody can play. That's, somebody that's uh, coachable. Yeah, and not like. Um, I think he's going to be in an environment with, I guess, two different sides. You know, uh, I mean, Cam is not the exact, complete opposite. The complete opposite. Yeah. So he will pick up on the the right thing to do, what not to do, yeah. and pick up a lot of good knowledge that'll help him uh, mature in the NFL. Because think about who he played behind. You know, he only played his senior year, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. He played. He was in the same quarterback room as Tua Tagovailoa, and he was in the same quarterback room as Jalen Hurts. So he didn't really get to play those seasons that they were there. He waited his time, and he eventually got to to play and be the starter and beat out a, a five-star prospect in Bryce Young that is, is now going to play next year for Alabama, most likely be the starting quarterback. But he waited his time, he got to shine, and they went undefeated, and they beat and they won the national championship, and he was the runner-up to be the the Heisman Trophy winner. So, you know, he had him a season. All he needs is to be 
um, to be put in the right position. And Bill Belichick is one of those guys that's probably going to put him in the right position. He can't move. He's not mobile. That's not a mobile quarterback. I'll tell you that. That's more of a pocket quarterback. Uh, Mac Jones and but I think Bill Belichick might if I'm if I'm just looking from from the outside of course I think he's gonna build the offensive line for Mac Jones to where people are gonna be like damn Mac Jones is good but this is just the Bill Belichick mentality Uh I'm gonna give me a good quarterback because I know my boy Nick Saban knows what he's talking about and he's already told me just build like this and put him there and he'll do the job and just and just go with it. And he, he doesn't have an ego. He's not going to be demanding, like I said, nothing like that. So you kind of have like the perfect guy, but it's a long shot, honestly. But you can see what he can do. He he can definitely, he can like definitely Bill, throw the ball. I feel like Belichick has definitely, I mean, he's done this before. He has like right? a low-key mindset. Like No, but he he's a builder. You think like, he's like the godfather? Like, maybe not like the godfather. But he's definitely he's, in the cut. he's definitely a mastermind of putting people in the right place to function right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with Tom Brady. I mean, he was able to take him. Nobody, like, not that many people wanted him. Six-rounder. Yeah. He took him. He, you know, put him behind a great quarterback, learned. And after that, you know, it was history. Yeah. And... I mean, it, it, he's it, been able to win Super Bowls without star receivers, without it, you know star running backs. Yeah, it takes time. It definitely takes time to develop. But he's definitely a, a smart dude. Um, so I want to say there's some good years coming ahead for uh, New England. Scary because Mac Jones is definitely somebody that could develop and become. Yeah. And that's not somebody that you have your eyes on, like like you know how. Uh, People have their eyes on certain players because they stand out. And Mac Jones is like one of those players that doesn't really stand out. So you're not really looking forward to seeing him play. He's not going to get to play his first season uh, if if, if uh, bare injury. Like if, yeah. if Cam goes down, he's going in. But but nobody's really like like dying and excited to see Mac Jones play. Even though if I see him, they, they there's rumors that he's going to start. I would love to see it. Yeah. I want to see him play. But just before the Cowboys, you know, we had the 10th overall pick. Let's just get on the Cowboys real quick. He had the 10th overall pick. The Denver Broncos, right before us, right, they were the ninth pick. And they snatch up Patrick Sertan. Like, you know how pissed off I was? That they took Patrick Sertan right before we did, okay? Because I was saying, one, two, three, four, five, six. In the seventh pick, I was like, holy shit. If Pinnell Sewell is there, the offensive, offensive lineman for for Oregon is still there, we're going to get him. Because the, the whole rumor for the Cowboys was we're going to get Sertan, for most likely, or a corner mm-hmm. for sure. But if Pinnell Sewell was there, an offensive lineman that could play left tackle, we, you take him, no questions asked. Yeah. You take him. And he was dropping, and I was just like, "Holy shit, he's dropping further than I thought." But eventually, the the Miami Dolphins went and snatched him up. So I was like, "Damn, bastards!" So Dolphins snatch who? Penesul. No, it was the Lions. Huh? This one? Okay, I guess this one's uh oh because they, they traded the pick, right? They I traded did, the pick. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You sure right? I'm sorry. Um, completely wrong. Miami traded the pick, and and the Detroit they, Lions got the Miami got Jalen Waddle receiver. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. See, they don't have it here like that, damn. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Waddle receiver from Alabama, good, good receiver, a good player to uh, a familiar face for Tua that I like. But <clears throat> anyway, so they were they they took um, Sertan Denver, so we traded back to the twelfth pick. Us and we did we I mean us the the Cowboys and so we were tenth yeah and the Eagles we could we could have had Justin Fields uh yes we could have but we didn't need a quarterback that's what I'm trying to tell you uh us we'll and see after this us, season. us and Cowboys Nation we'll see after this season okay fam I'm right. gonna let this go we got Michael Parson Michael Parson is a good linebacker from Penn State I think he is gonna be. I think we filled in the gap just just right before um, Sean Lee. Well, not right before, but like literally a little bit after Sean Lee retired. Uh, and I, I kind of 
I kind of really don't like when they do that because it's like you're forced to pick a a, a position that you weren't really planning on uh, drafting. But Micah Parsons is definitely a good a good linebacker for sure. Um, him and Jalen Smith would be a good partnership because you don't know what Van Der Esch is going to be. You don't know how healthy he's going to be. You don't know if he's going to play 16 games, let alone 10, 6, 7 games. You don't know how healthy he will be. So Micah Parsons is definitely somebody that that you would want. It's just the, the question mark and the red flag around Micah Parsons that he has. Um, not personality, like um, he has, um, they say, character issues in a way. Like he's he's very he's very vocal, right? And this I, I didn't know this about um about speaking of vocal, I didn't know uh recently Devontae Smith has been doing a lot of interviews, you know, the new wide receiver for, for the Philadelphia Eagles, he played for Alabama, and he said that he lined up against uh against Diggs from, you know, our corner and Trayvon Diggs and he said that the most because they were they were talking about Sertan and how he would go up against him every single day in practice, and they said that he was used to the barking, you know, from from corners uh, every time they lined up amongst the lines. And he said, but when when I when there was really somebody that was talking was Trayvon Diggs, he was one that would just go on and go on and go on, like he would just not stop. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I mean, I love Trayvon Diggs. To me, that's my that is. Besides Jalen Smith, that's my guy. Like I, first season I see him playing, the dude was for real. I I said this guy is gonna be for real. And and for me to find out that he's like that amongst the lines, well, I mean he did he does and he's been growing up playing against his brother for his whole life. You know Stephon Diggs and he that dude is a stud. So if you can guard your own brother, you can definitely guard some of the best wide receivers in the league. Definitely. So so that kind of like. Kind of puts me in perspective, like okay, if Micah Parsons is like that, maybe he'll ma- motivate Jalen Smith. Maybe we already have somebody like like uh, like uh, like Trayvon Diggs that's that's also in somewhat along those lines. So you want those kind of guys on your defense because you need some dogs on defense. You need somebody that is not going to take no nothing from no one and take it from everyone. And pause and. On offense, you at least want those guys that are, you know, like uh, focused yeah. and, and ready to go. So, I mean, I like the the Micah Parsons um, well, acquisition for the for the Cowboys, and they also got another uh, linebacker. Was it Jabril? Co- not Jabril Cox. Was that his name from from LSU? Um, Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox, right out of LSU, a linebacker. So, I mean, two linebackers, Van Der Esch, Just in case he's questionable, like I said, and. And Sean Lee retiring, so we 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 attack that position for sure. We need our linebackers to be good, good and healthy, and uh, definitely young. Cause yeah, we, the sport we, is definitely getting a lot faster. Yeah, and we're going defense. He- we went defense heavy, so which is perfect. You 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 build through the to the draft. You get all these players defense, defense, defense. You went some offense. You got a lineman. You got a receiver. You got a, a guard and a guard, but. Not too much. Those are understandable. Uh, receiver, eh, I mean, maybe you want a, a, a slot receiver. Maybe that's what you wanted to go get somebody to be in there and replace Cole Beasley. Since, they might be somebody that we could trade also in the future uh, for any reason. I mean. Trade value? Yeah. Maybe. But, I mean, everything that the Cowboys did for me, I think they 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 did it correctly. Because, you know, how last year we were going to go defense, but since CeeDee Lamb fell in our lap, we were forced to get him. I mean, we weren't forced. You get him just because of the talent. And what a great addition he's been. That's what I mean. So sometimes you come across those um, kind of players that throw off your whole scheme going into the drafts, but that's understandable. So the fact that we went all defense, attacking the defense, because that was our liability, So which was a great move by the Cowboys, did nothing ridiculous. There was rumors about us trading up to go get Kyle Pitts a tight end, that would have been, uh, to be honest, uh, we we don't have like a star tight end, right? Like I've mentioned, like Kittle, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, from Kansas City, what's his name? Uh, what's the tight end's name from Kansas City? Uh, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, 
My bad. Um, yeah, Trav. Kelsey, Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas Goddard, receiver last year. Henry, something like that. You know, you don't, you don't, we don't have those. Now, if you were to get yeah. Kyle Pitts, you'd probably be in that conversation. Uh, but just go defense. Just our tight ends will do for right now. Like we just go defense, and that's what we did. So I'm loving it. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of um, picks that we can go through here and there, but um, I just like. One guy, one guy that I want to mention before we get off this topic, and that's my guy Sam Sam Ellinger from Texas. Finally got drafted. It took him a long time to get drafted. He fell all the way, which I expected. He's not one of those uh, eye-catching quarterbacks. He came out of Texas pretty much over the past few years. the, The best quarterbacks usually come out of Oklahoma. So the Texas quarterbacks haven't really been drafted like that. I think the last quarterback that we've gotten drafted was um colt mccoy so that it's a long time so the fact that he got drafted he went to the indianapolis colts in the sixth round so he's behind carson wentz and behind uh jacob eason from wash uh was it washington yeah um so i wouldn't be surprised i'm I'm calling it out was it did i not did i or did i not call that jalen hurst would take over that job in his first season, and he did. So, I'm not saying he's gonna. I'm not saying Sam Ellinger's gonna take over that job, but he's gonna be lurking. He's a hard worker. He's a leader. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He can do it all. Maybe not at the level as Carson Wentz right now, but give him some time. Give him some time, and he'll be for sure the backup quarterback. And he'll probably get some playing time because we know, unfortunately, Carson Wentz's injury history that doesn't allow him to play a full season. Or maybe his character doesn't allow him to play a full season. How's Sam Ellinger's uh, injury history? Unfortunately, he got hurt in the... In, there's two times that I can remember that he's gotten hurt, which was the season before last season. He had a shoulder injury. And this season in the in the uh, Alamo Bowl, he had another sh- uh, shoulder injury. I don't know if he's had surgery. Throwing arms? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, throwing arms. So he'll, he has time to... If he has any injuries, he can attack those injuries or or fix those injuries. But uh, congratulations for for the Longhorns got one. Uh, um, just before we get off, I know I said that, but I mean Joseph Osai is going to be a problem, bro. He got drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a linebacker out of Texas. Joseph Osai, you keep an eye out for him. That dude is going to be a stud in the league for sure. So, well, that was somewhat of the some of we had of the NFL draft. There's so many players that we could talk about. Um, we didn't even talk about Jamar Chase. Um, we just spoke a little bit about Jalen Waddle, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, I can't remember uh, the receiver's name for Oklahoma State uh, got drafted. Um, I can't remember exactly where he went, but there's so many players that got drafted. There's a lot, and and the fact that that I'm seeing them now being getting a chance to be able to play in the league. Um, like Colin Johnson last year, got drafted out of Texas, wide receiver, went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars were shit. But now that they've got this hype behind, they got the new coach, they got Trevor Lawrence, they got Travis Etienne, um, and they got uh, this new culture coming in. You're going you're gonna to want to see them. So um, Colin Johnson, he needs to step up his game for sure. And hopefully stay in that team so he can make a name for himself in this league because the eyes are now on Jacksonville for sure uh, coming into next season. Definitely. Okay, Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola happened on Saturday night. The long-awaited return. Now I'm watch. I'm sitting there watching the fight, right? And I'm excited. The fight's gonna get. The fight's starting. He comes out and, and it's amazing, right? We finally get to see Andy Ruiz again. Now. When he took off that robe, mm-hmm. fam, I don't know if you saw it like I did, but I don't know what the hell was he what he was thinking wearing those young ass shorts that he was wearing. Um, I'm pretty sure that was a topic of conversation. It looked like his ass was showing. It looked like he was sagging. The shorts were too small. I'm surprised the police didn't come in. It'd be, and, like, it'd be like that when a, when a big boy loses a little bit of weight. I, you know? I get that, but I mean, did, did you try on the trunks before you you even went out there, like, or before you even got them? Like, come on, fam. 
now you could really got to put on a performance to make up for that outfit. Like, don't do that again. Yeah. Please don't do that again. But um, that's nitty here, no there. Um, what's crazy, going into the fight, he's the, he's the favorite, for sure. He's the favorite going into the fight. And now you start the fight, and I believe it's in the second round. He gets low, gets caught behind the ear, and gets dropped. Well, not necessarily drop, drop, but he, he puts his gloves on the canvas, which is considered a knockdown. So shit changes there. Like, I don't know where you were watching the fight out here, but people put some respect on Areola's name right after that. They're like, oh, shit, which is perfect, right? Yeah. And, and hear me out. I think it was perfect because you want to see the favorite under pressure, yeah. under adversity. Okay, now shit, now shit changes because y'all were y'all were sleeping on Areola. And I'm not saying y'all because I was too. I didn't believe that he was going to put on a performance like he you, did. You called it on third, fourth round. I said no, no more than six rounds. Absolutely, because that's how much highly I thought of Andy Ruiz. My apologies to Chris Ariola for completely, completely brushing him off, which is something you don't do. You all, you do not overlook your opponent, first of all. That's not something you want to do. And I feel like he probably did, like we all did. So he knocks him, knocks him down. So shit changes there. Now he's more sense of urgency. Now he needs he knows that he needs to focus, needs to move, needs to jab, needs to put combinations together and start winning some of these rounds because that's already a 10-8 round. If 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 you don't do anything, you you already lost this round 10-8. Uh, one thing is losing the round. Uh, There's a whole other thing to lose a 10-8 because of a knockdown. So going into the next round, he gets rocked. Like, bro. Like, people are now like, holy shit, this dude could probably get hurt because when when that happens, it seems like a switch turns on Andy Ruiz's head and, he, yeah. and it's, it's go time. Like, it, I cannot be losing like this because I've already been dropped and rocked and now I'm losing. I'm, I actually I know think I'm he behind. got rocked like three times. Like, the first one, obviously the second round, I believe, third round, and then the fourth round. He was getting hit pretty hard those three rounds. But the composure that Ariola had not to go attack mode after he hurt him, it's like okay, I heard him. I'm 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 not gonna go in there and and haul ass trying to knock him out because I can get tired and it's just gonna be yeah. energy wasted. I'm gonna pick my shots and I'm gonna pick my time and make, pick my moments where I want to go. Um, and I'm gonna fight my fight. I'm not gonna do what people want me to do, which is very smart of him. But Andy started putting combinations together. That's where I believe. Um, that's where I believe his success came in because he started putting combinations together. If I had my criticism on Andy Ruiz, he did not use the jab as much. He he was headhunting a lot for me. I think he was. I don't think he was hitting the body like he was supposed to. I didn't think he was jabbing the way he was supposed to to confuse Ariola because now you're just you're just waiting. He and both of them are waiting, and now when somebody makes a move, you kind of expect it. But if you throw a jab, you throw a jab, and then you throw a one-two, and then something something can follow up from that. So I f- I feel like he lacked certain things. I wish he was uh, more attentive to what Eddie Reynoso was trying to explain to him on what to do. But I think it's new. It's completely new. Yeah. Uh, a little a little history lesson here when Oscar Valdez. First guy with Aiden Reynoso, he fought five fights before this spectacular performance that he put on against uh, Miguel Burchelt this past uh, uh, the, oh, his last fight when he won the when he won the title, and that's everybody was sp- speaking on Oscar Valdez and how spectacular he looked under Eddie Reynoso and what Eddie Reynoso was making these fighters look like under his wing, under the culture of Canelo Alvarez, Ryan Garcia, and, and all the culture in that San Diego gym was a result and the discipline that Eddie Reynoso explains from his team. So going into the fight with Andy Ruiz, you would think that that was going to happen. But what I was trying to explain to a certain individual when I was watching the fight, he was telling me that he expected more from Andy Ruiz, that he he thought he was going to come out way better. But I'm just in my head, I'm just like, well, this is his first training camp with Eddie Reynoso. This is his first fight back in over a year and a half. And, I mean, how much more can you expect from a guy that's lost so much weight? And you with, that was another question that people had. Is his power going to carry with the weight loss? Um, how is it going to be when you've been in the, in, the, in the gym losing all this weight? Are you also training for a heavyweight bout, you know? 
there's a lot of criticism and a lot of people believe and I think the scorecards were shit. Like I I do not believe that was the right call. I, th- I believe it's way closer than what it was. But the fans first of all before that fight happened, shit was going crazy in the stands. Yeah. I don't know what the hell was going on over there. There was like two fights going on. People weren't even paying attention to the fight in the ring. The one they paid for, the one they paid to watch, mm-hmm. uh, which was ridiculous. I hate when stuff like that happens because you don't get to enjoy the fight and people get to, um, eat, how can I explain it? People get too, uh, too uh, hyped before the fight. That when the fight starts, you're already shit-faced and you don't know what you're doing. And at that point, you you mess up everybody else's night. Like, people that went to go enjoy that fight didn't end up enjoying the fight just because some people just didn't know how to act. Yeah, that's why I said Didn't know how to control their nowadays alcohol. Nowadays, I'm moving more and more forward to just watching fights at home. Yeah, it, I mean, I would like to watch um, certain fights. But when people just get start getting disrespectful and it leads to something like that, that's ridiculous like come on now like you're 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 barely getting into some sort of normalcy and you choose to do some shit like that like come on now like that's that was ridiculous like that's embarrassing especially for the spanish community that is a spanish is a big spanish event because it's two mexican uh, well two chicano boxers two mexican american boxers and it just looks bad. Like, what the? What is going on here? Like, yeah. for what? Like, for no reason. I mean, I don't know the 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 behind the scenes. What happened behind the scenes? Who did what? When what started? Who stepped on whose shoe? I don't know. Something happened there, but it was ridiculous in my opinion. And so for Andy Ruiz, the did you see? I don't know if you noticed, but when when the fight was over, Chris Ariola went to every corner mm-hmm. and was pretty much like. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, telling the fans to piss off, uh-huh. and, and that's the, the 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 best way I can put it. Uh, so pretty much saying like fuck all of y'all because y'all all doubted me, and none of y'all gave me the benefit of the doubt. Y'all pretty much said my career ain't nothing, and I'm the same guy that has fought for two titles. Um, Andrew Ruiz has fought and won and stuff like that. Yes, he deserves his just due. But y'all disrespected my career, and y'all gave me no chance. And I proved to y'all that I still have gas in the tank, and I fought very well with him. Very whether, well, whether, whether he beat me or not, but just give me a fair a fair shot, and judges need to be better on, on the scoring. This is something that has been going on, not only in uh, boxing, but also in UFC, where... The judges. judges have been calling Re- fights ridiculously yeah. off, and that just hurts the fighter in the long run. And the sport, period, because the sport is already sometimes walking on eggshells when it comes to certain um, occasions and um, circumstances. And when you add bad judging to that, it doesn't help the sport. It it just it. It downgrades the sport. You get people already uh, talking negative about the sport already, and then you get these judges, and that's when the the the, the narrative always have to see the ju- you buy the judges. The but the judges are always corrupt. Boxing is corrupt. Like fam, relax. It's not like you've never seen some stupid cars in the UFC before either. Like when you leave your hands to the judges. They see it a different way. And they probably make a mistake, but humans make mistakes all the time. Like, that's why you don't leave it to them. That's why you got to be clear cut with what you do. You got to be more prepared. You got to be at your best. So you so you stretch out that gap. So you make it seem there's no question that I want. And for me, I just feel like uh, for sure, Andrew Ruiz needs more improvement. He needs more. He needs time. He definitely needs a rematch, if anything, with Ariola. People are talking about Deontay Wilder. Relax. No. He does not deserve Deontay Wilder right now. After that performance, hell no. We were talking about Dylan White after his performance. I think Chris Ariola deserves a rematch. For sure, I think that would be the best best thing because if you if you rematch Ariola and now you beat him in spectacular did, fashion, did they say how much the pay was on this one? Was it I don't know fifty how, fifty or was it? No, I don't think it was fifty fifty because honestly, the 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 attraction was Andy Ruiz. Yeah, definitely. So he was he was definitely going to get the bigger uh, purse for sure. Um, 
but they would definitely negotiate for now sure. Now it's close. Now, now it's different. It's a whole different game now. Like now, it would be way different. It's not going to be the big gap in pay um, for the rematch if there is one. But most likely, the fans are going to ask for it. The fans are going to want him to rematch this dude. Uh, unless they move on to something else, who knows? Maybe they they won't uh, give him the opportunity to fight him again. But for me, give have patience. It was only his first fight under Eddie Reno, so a, a year and a half inactive. Um, a lot of weight came off. It, it it takes time. Similar situation with Triple G. Whenever he switched trainer, I mean, after all your life, you know, training with a single a single style with a certain trainer going to somebody brand new that's actually going to put you on your toes change your whole diet make you lose weight like that i mean boxing is going to be a little awkward the first couple of fights after that yeah so i mean it was interesting it was an interesting fight i mean you saw new things maybe he was a little i guess he would he would try to go back to his old fighting style yeah, but then try to focus back on you know what what he's been learning. Yeah. So I mean, I want to say probably next two fights will be a lot a whole lot different. And yeah. in his third fight, he might show you who he really is now. Yeah, especially uh, uh, after acquiring a new trainer, things things go like uh, people say you have a game plan yeah. every time. But once you get in that ring and shit pops off, game plan goes out the window. Yeah. Now it's back to my old style. Like I'm I'm yeah. kicking your ass now. I mean, you go into your uh, comfort zone. You yeah. go into you know your nature. Yeah, that's that's your second nature now. Like you just react if somebody punches you and somebody tells you relax, breathe, let the let the anger go out and and walk away. And you've been training that for a long time. And I come and I just hit you in the face. Now I'm pissed off. Now I'm gonna fuck you up. Like I'm about to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter what I've learned. Now I'm I just know all I know is this dude just punched me in the face. I'm gonna go kick his ass. So it's kind of somewhat, probably not the best analogy, but you get what I'm saying. So for Andy Ruiz, uh, there's a lot to look, uh, look back on. Uh, he probably needs to watch the tape and see where he went wrong. I know he feels like he had a shitty performance, not his best performance. He knows he was out for a while. He knows his circumstances. He knows what he went through. Um, but uh, it's time to get back to the drawing board and hopefully continue to try and get better and and leave no doubt. And I'm pretty sure even Eddie Reynoso said we're not ready for Deontay Wilder yet. That's not that's not even in our in our heads. Uh, and, and Eddie is really realistic. Like he'll tell you, like, okay, we're not ready. We are ready, and whatever it may be, he knows the specific and strategic moves to make. And right now, he knows for a fact that they're not ready for Deontay Wilder. And and hopefully they move Andy in the right direction to be successful. And hopefully get uh, because I feel like he lost some respect from certain fans unfortunately but um actions will speak louder than words and hopefully his actions will be able to show people what he's been and working on and what he is and and those that just fell off you you're just never fans you were just on the hype but you if you believe in the development of a fighter then you know what I'm saying, and you know what to expect with just with some time. Some yeah, people definitely. are just not patient. Also, just being surrounded. I mean, with Canelo, with everybody on, on in that gym. Yeah. I mean, you're destined for greatness. And you know you want. They expect better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Their expectations of you are higher. So when you go back to that gym, and you know, I guess people just people just wanted to see a heavyweight Canelo. Yeah. Whenever they they've heard, you know, he's training he's training under Eddie Reynoso. So yeah. they're like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna. Knock him out in the first second. There's no. no such thing as instant success. You got to work for it. You need to work for for the success that you're trying to achieve. And and everybody knows that. When he goes back to that gym, yes, they're going to speak about this. And he is going to know. And they're going to motivate him. You know what? You did okay. You haven't fought in a while. Relax. Like, do not let the fans dictate your career. You know what you can do. And you know what you're going to be able to work on to be able to be successful so just take take a few steps back breathe and we're gonna work on this and we'll get you back so patience people patience is what needs to be had here so dominic reyes fought over the weekend before we get to the main we're gonna go back to a little bit of boxing but let me just say this real quick dominic reyes fought over the weekend 
And I'm excited for Dominic Reyes because he was definitely overshadowed by the Andrew Ruiz fight. He was definitely, uh, that fight was definitely more popular than UFC. But, bro, when I got back home and I turned on ESPN to go watch this fight, I was shocked from what I saw. I've never seen this dude, to be honest. Never have I seen him. Uh, So I was trying to get a little bit more informed. And this is one of the names that I'm going to have to work on. I'm sorry. And you know how I feel about pronunciation. His name is Yuri Prohashka. He's from the Czech Republic against Dominic Reyes. So you already know who's going to be the favorite. Dominic Reyes. He lost to Jan Wachowicz, but look what Jan Wachowicz has become. He's become pretty successful since uh-huh. he beat Dominic Reyes. So Dominic Reyes has been fighting uh, or preparing to come back, and they gave him a guy like Prohashka. He's 28-3-1. Uh, Dominic Reyes has also lost only three fights, mm. which was John Jones. I don't know who else he lost to, honestly, before that. But he lost to John Jones and, and Jan Rojo. Oh, well, duh, this one. Yeah. Um, bro, when I tell you, it only lasted two rounds. So when I tell you, they were going, they started. Dominic Reyes, first of all, salute Dominic Reyes. He he's He's a fucking monster. The dude was getting his ass popped in the first round. And... Just when you thought he was, I was like, damn, like, you get a little discouraged when you start seeing that guy kind of, like, yeah. start going back. He's, you see the difference when one one of them takes a punch and the other one takes a punch. When the other one, you feel like it hurts his soul. Like, you remember the Max Holloway versus uh, Dustin Poirier? When Poirier would just hit him, you can mm-hmm. tell it was just, Jesus, like, it was just that much more painful. And then... Holloway would come back and hit him, but it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. You can just tell, like Gilbert Burns versus Usman. You could tell Gilbert Burns had the bigger power. Yeah. Like he, when he would hit uh, Usman, Usman got rocked. It, it felt like he was a, a train hitting him. So when uh, Prashka was hitting Dominic Reyes, you can tell it was taking the soul out of uh, out of Dominic Reyes, and he fought so hard. You know what I mean? So hard to stay in the fight. He survived the first round because it was getting pretty nasty towards the end of the first round. And uh, and for me, uh, Prohashka's like he never really got tired. He was just like on him and stalking him. And it, it looked like the Triple G of the UFC. Like he just forward, 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 forward. And he was just going in. And he got rocked a little bit because that's just the kind of guy that Dominic Gray is, is that he would just not give up. And he caught him pretty good and he rocked him. But when he came down to the second round, holy shit, bro. When I When you see that spinning elbow... Well, first of all, before that, he had already gotten, took an elbow to the left, uh, uh, the bone under the eye. Mm-hmm. He had took an elbow, and I instantly saw that inflate. Like, it just got big. Like, yeah. oh, damn, his left eye is already, like, you can see the big old mouse under his eye. And then, you know, they were up against the cage, and then when he just was going to separate after the clinch, he just turned with the big spinning elbow and put him out. Um, How cold? Cold, like dirty style. Like you, you saw uh, Jan Blachowicz put him down, and if you noticed, he also had a bloody nose. So I didn't know he broke it. He broke his nose in that mm-hmm. fight. So the question, uh, there was a lot of a big question here. When when he started bleeding from the nose, you didn't know how healthy his nose was. That's what people were were insinuating that maybe his nose is not fully healthy, and because he, he was bleeding pretty bad from the nose, and then when he took that spinning elbow. Man, fatality. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, I feel bad for him, but analyzing the fight, it was it was a good fight for me. I think he showed his heart. He showed that he would never give up. Uh, he was he's willing to go out on his shield. But uh, this is a low for Dominic Reyes. Two two L's back to back in dramatic fashion. Um, he he's gonna have to compose himself. And get back to the drawing board and try to make his way back because there's a he's lot. He's still a young dude. He's yeah, he's definitely young. Um, but you know how big of a hype was behind him when he fought John Jones the first yeah. time. He got a lot of eyes on him after, and his fights were going. But now, there's two, probably questions John Jones are really now. But but question this: We saw what John Bohovich went on to become. After he beat Dominic Reyes. So now looking at Dom, like, okay, well, yeah, you lost to Bohovich, but the dude was a fucking monster. Look at yeah. him now. Prohashka is on his way to that level because he waited a long time. I don't, I honestly don't know how old he is, 
But he waited a while before he entered the UFC until he said he was not going to enter the UFC until he was prepared and he felt like he can compete at the highest level. Yeah. So now he's at his highest level and he feels like he's ready to compete for a title. So now the conversation is he wants probably a title against Jabahovich, which would be fucking amazing. But Jabahovich already has a uh, a fight schedule, so that one will probably have to hold on, it, depending on how, how long it lasts and... and what they're willing, the UFC is willing to do, but he has a chin, bro. Down? No. Oh, you talking about Prohashka? Yeah. He took some haymakers. He was taking some hits. Yeah, he was definitely. And he wasn't even moving, and he was forward, coming yeah. forward. He's eating them. Yeah. And I'm just, but he did get rocked a one, like once or twice, but no, but he, those, he, those he are things hit, he will but work he on. Constantly, he was getting hit. I mean, it's not like uh, Dominic Reyes wasn't doing nothing to him. It's just that his punches weren't. Really affecting him. No, and and it was just but he was hitting them hard. I mean, you could see his head, you know, and you can see his his will. Like you know, you can yeah. tell Dom is hurt, but he's not willing to go down. He's willing to go out fighting. Like I know I'm on my last leg, but shit, I'm not gonna give up. Like you gonna feel, you gonna take this work, yeah. and if you get me and you catch me and I go down, well, that's it. But I'm I'm gonna go down swinging, and that's what he did. He went down swinging, but he. He ended up losing the fight. That's his second yeah. fight in a row that he loses, and hopefully he that gets was a back tough on first it. Round. Yeah, it was. It, it was definitely. It definitely took a big toll and a big turnaround towards half of that round. Like two minutes left, it was already going one way, and it was going one way towards the end of the fight, and it looked a certain way coming out in the first in the second round. Yeah. So. I mean, Dominic Reyes for sure needs to. Will go back to the drawing board. He'll evaluate what he needs to do and pick his. Uh, hopefully, they give him a different fight. Then we can pick up some confidence, man. Because two two losses will do a lot to you. You know, this sport is very uh, can do a lot to your mental health. Yeah. And mentally. now, now that I think about it, I mean, I did. I think we did agree that the John Jones fights could have been a draw. Well, they only fought once. The, no, that yeah. one could have been a draw. Yeah, and and obviously the, the last two have been, you know, what they've been. Yeah, and but like I said, he will evaluate. So it sucks that he got three losses back to back to back. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, you're right. Three. Yeah. I said two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, three so losses. That that, that kind of hurts him a lot because he was up there. Yeah, his confidence was through the roof going yeah. up against John Jones. So he felt like he was unfuckable. He was next next champ potential. Like he had the potential to be the next champ and. uh It'd be he, good. It'd be and, great. Yeah, he had two back-to-back title shots. He had one against John Jones, and he had the other one against Bohovich. He lost that one, and now he tried to get back on that same track, back on track into title contention. But he happened to cross paths with uh, Yuri uh, Proashka, and now he's uh, has some work to do. He definitely has some work to do, but this is not the end for Dominic Reyes. He showed his heart out there, and I believe he can he can work his way back. He's still young, like you said, and I believe he'll find his way back. Okay, now this Saturday, let's end on a high note. This Saturday, Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders at AT&T Stadium here in Dallas. Full uh, full capacity, uh, no mass warriors. They are allowed to walk into the building and do whatever the, they want to do. But before this happened, this was there was a little scare, right, mm-hmm. before the fight where Billy Joe Saunders threatened to pull out of that fight uh-huh. and say that he wasn't going to fight if he didn't have the ring size the way he wanted it. According to and it the, was like half an inch, right? Well, this is what I've this is this is what they've said that the that the the um the contract was agreed on uh what was it a eighteen foot ring, uh-huh. and he said no. Now I want a twenty. 20 ring a 20 inch ring i think it was a 20 inch or 20 foot and um so now they say okay fine we'll give you the 20 well now you know what i don't want a 20 i want a 22 and it's just like bro and it's just like a back and forth eddie hearn lands from london to here in dallas and and he has a good relationship with both even though for some reason i'm gonna be honest for some reason the uk fighters a trash Eddie Hearn a lot because I feel like they feel like they should he should be on their side because he's from England just like they are and if you're coming into foreign soil you know what it's like and you feel like you need to fight harder for them because they're the they're the away side I guess you can say um and they should feel like everything is fair and when you're on foreign soil 
And sometimes you just got to let them know, bro, your demands are ridiculous sometimes. Like, it's not that I'm not fighting for you, but you got to work with me also because I got this guy that I also got to. This is a this is a whole agreement. It's not just you tell me what to do. And I say, okay, I don't care what he says. I'm do what I want. That's not the kind of business that he runs. So he kind of feels like. Yes, I'm on good terms with you, but I also got another fighter here that I also got to please as well. Like Eddie Hearn has always say, I work for y'all, so I need y'all to come back to me so, you know, we can do business. And I don't want to be that kind of guy where it's just like I run it and I'm going to do whatever I want and y'all can't tell me nothing. Nobody does business like that no more. And uh, so the, the the subject and the, the, uh, the drama came to a... A quick, uh, it got a little chippy. I saw a video where Canelo's walking by the lobby and, and some of Saunders' team is telling them things about the ring and stuff like that. And Canelo turns around and says, all of y'all are pussies. And which is, which is n- not in character for Canelo because Canelo's mm-hmm. not like that. He's very respectful. You At least you can agree with that. When yeah. it comes to fighting and everything, the only time he's gotten a little rough was against, uh, uh, Triple G and maybe a little bit on the in the face off against uh um Daniel Jacobs. Just a little bit. But for the most part, Canelo's very respectful to, to his opponents. Um he knows he comes in as the heavy favorite, so he doesn't want to belittle his opponents or nothing like that and make it an even fight. Does not disrespect them in, in media. Like they, they they speak about their strengths and what they need to look out for. It's never uh he can't touch me. Um, I'm the best. Uh, he never says nothing like that. Like because at the end of the day, anything can happen in the sport of boxing, and you got to be able to um, show respect towards your opponent because they're there for a reason. And for me, when Canelo Alvarez was in the in the middleweight division, Billy Joe Saunders was the guy that I did not want him to fight because I think his style is very is very different because. There's a lot of the fighters that Canelo has fought, but they're aggressive fighters. Mm-hmm. They're coming to fight. They wanna, they wanna bang. And Billy Joe Saunders is more of a boxer, a technician. Pretty much, you're going into uh, somewhat. Maybe I don't know if this is a good analogy, but Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. You know, Tyson Deontay Wilder is a heavy puncher. Yeah. But Tyson Fury is a better boxer. Yeah. So it comes. It, I think they also said Canelo's the bull. Billy Joe Saunders is the mat, uh, the matador. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're gonna do what I want. I'm gonna dictate the fight. And the whole drama behind the ring is that Billy Joe Saunders is a, mo- a mobile guy. Like he likes to move around the ring. If you shrink the ring, I can only move so much, and it's gonna be it's gonna favor you, and it's not gonna favor me. It really shouldn't favor anybody. It really should just be a ring, and you have your game plan. You try to execute, and I just feel like sometimes Canelo can be impatient sometimes like it, it um it, it would it would do that to anybody like we're here to entertain the fans and if you're just running around it's hard for me to make a fight and to entertain the fans or give a fight of uh, give the fans a fight that they're going to enjoy and they're going to leave out of the stadium saying damn that was a good ass fight but some people don't appreciate the the old cliche that it's this is the sweet science this is a boxing might a, a boxing fight we try to hit and not get hit. We don't expect to go into a fight, especially if you know these fighters. Their styles are completely different. Like I said, Canelo's, he's a good boxer and he's a good fighter. But Billy Joe Saunders is a, it's also a good a good boxer. So when, when those two styles clash, they don't necessarily fit together. It's not meant to be a, a, a crazy fight, you know. It's not meant to be a... a a battle of the titans. It's nothing like that. It's going to be a battle of chess. Like who makes the first move? Who makes the right move? And it's going to be like that to me. At least to me. That's what it's going to look like. It's going to be a chess match. It's not going to be a rock'em sock'em. It's not going to be like that. Um, so go into it with the perspective that it's not going to be the most exciting fight. Unless you're into the sport of boxing and you love movement. You love tactics. You love skill. Um... All of that, you know, some people from the UFC, they like to see striking. They don't want to see no wrestling. But you see the 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 skill level that a wrestler has, the thing that you have to do to be a good wrestler. It takes skill. It takes time. It takes technique. 
to be a good boxer, it takes those things as well. So you got to appreciate the sport for what it is. If you if you're gonna see a Canelo fight, they're not all gonna be the same. So with that being said, I feel like this fight for sure is gonna be a chess match, and just something that we've all been wanting to see. Really? Uh, Billy Joe Sanders. I've been, I haven't been a fan of him, but mm-hmm. I've seen that he's uh, somebody in in that weight division that is almost at, not being a Canelo fan. I know that there's probably nobody that could beat him right now. Canelo. Uh huh. Yeah. And Billy Joe Saunders is just somebody at that, I guess, weight, power, and probably ability, uh, skills. Yes. To be a contender. Yes. I don't know about beating him, but this is some somebody that I want to say similar to like Tyson Fury, uh, Anthony Joshua, Erislandi Lara. Remember, they people say that he lost that fight, and it was because Erislandi uh, Lara was a bo- a boxer, yeah. technician. He was moving, and he was he didn't go out to kick his ass. He yeah. went out to outbox him. Those are the kind of things that frustrate Canelo. And this is that kind of guy. Yeah. So that's why I always said I'm nervous to see him fight Billy Joe. I want to see this fight because it, it, it could be it could be an L for Canelo mm-hmm. or it could be his greatest performance. Yeah, that that could be also true. And for both. Yeah. For both. I mean, this is the biggest purse that uh, Billy Joe Saunders is going to get. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, congrats to him. On pulling a fight like this and getting paid, yeah, because Billy Joe was like on a on a downfall because he got popped for PEDs, he mm-hmm. got suspended. He was supposed to fight uh, Demetrius Andre, he he failed the drug test, he got suspended, and then he came back and he was fighting low level fighters. I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but he was fighting in England. They were throwing him available fighters, and he moved up to 168 pounds. He couldn't make 160 anymore, and he got a belt up there. And but yet he wasn't known as one of those top 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 guys. Like when you talk about 168 pound division, you were talking about Caleb Plant. You were talking about uh, David Benavidez. Um, um, somebody else was up there. I can't remember exactly who was up there. But when Canelo got there, and then uh, you have them three, and Billy Joe was still there, but he wasn't like one of those guys that was actually like feared in a way or had made his mark in the division because he, he they were new they're the newest ones in the division canelo and uh canelo and billy joe so now that they're fighting against each other um it makes me question whether like caleb plant would have ever fought billy joe saunders or um at, a, at some point would david benavidez fight when he was champion would he have ever fought um a billy joe saunders so now with that being said i expect I expect a packed house at the, at the, and they're, and they're talking, you know, now that Canelo's hasn't dealt with opponent like this with that much, uh, charisma as Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders is somebody that speaks his mind, doesn't hold his tongue. And he says what he means. and means what he says. And I love it. You know, I love that. I love that. I love, for some reason, English fighters have that ability. Uh, even though Conor McGregor is not an English, uh, native, he's from Ireland but he has that ability as well. Billy Joe Saunders has that ability as well. When you go to a Deontay Wilder press conference, mostly he's the alpha of the of the conversation, especially in the press conference. He demands respect wherever he's at. But when you throw a guy like Tyson Fury in there, Tyson Fury is a different kind of guy. Like he doesn't care who you are. You're a man like just like I'm a man. Like you're not I'm not gonna sit under you and I'm not gonna look up to you. We're looking eye to eye. And that's uh those kind of uh, personalities uh, attract the the casuals and also the diehards for for their personality. There's a lot of things in sports that there's differences in sports, but that's also something that they all have in common. And some and some have more than others, but personality attracts. It just attracts the the, the eye, you know. So people are gonna be attracted to what Billy Joe Saunders is, has got to say, especially now with what he said. Want to hear something funny? Uh, we have a mutual friend, and he texted us the other day, said that he was a no-show to the, to the press conference on the first day. Yeah. So they asked him after they got the ring stuff settled and everything. So Billy Joe Saunders came back day two, and he was doing media and stuff like that. And they asked him, "Hey, well, how come you didn't show? Um, how come you didn't show up to the first uh, press conference?" He said, uh, <clears throat> "I was. Uh, he was like, I was just in my room, you know. I was playing with my balls." 
and it just rolls off the tongue. Like he, he didn't even think about it. He just it just rolls off the tongue, and it's just funny. Like it's hilarious. Like it's like he doesn't take it serious. Like yes, I didn't. It is serious that I didn't come, but I was also serious about my demands, and I speak my mind, and I'm not gonna hold my tongue, and I'm gonna talk shit to this guy. Just like uh, um, I'm not gonna look. Down, I'm not gonna look up to him. Like yeah. he 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 has a belt. I have a belt, and I'm good. Just like he's good. Billy Joe Saunders is undefeated, for those who don't know. Yeah. He has not lost. So, as if there's one thing about Canelo, he loves to take O's away from people. Yeah. And right now that he's at the, at the top of the game, th- like you said, this could be the biggest fight for Canelo, just as like as it could be the biggest fight for Billy Joe Saunders. That is going to be Saturday night on the zone. Um, Canelo, for sure, heavy favorite. But I'm telling you right now, Billy Joe Saunders is for real. Yeah. The dude is solid. The dude can box. He's a absolute great boxer. This coming from somebody that's probably the biggest Canelo fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna give him his respect. And, uh, he was the guy that I feared the most. I feared Billy Joe Saunders more than I feared Triple G when and when they were all in the in the middleweight I think division. They're both similar age, also. Uh, Billy Joe and Canelo. I think they're- it's possible. I, I, I think Billy Joe might be a little older, but it, not by a lot. I don't believe by a lot, but um, but yeah, so. Billy Joe Saunders will fight Canelo Alvarez this Saturday night for sure. Canelo, who who you taking before before we get off of this? Billy Joe, bro. You taking Billy Joe? Just because he's the underdog. Okay, so you're always gonna take the underdog forever. Uh, against Canelo, yeah, because I mean he's obviously highly favored for being the champ, for mm-hmm. being who he is. He is the pound for pound boxer at the at the moment yeah. in this era. Um. I just want to see somebody that could challenge him. Yeah. Uh, I believe Canelo could win. Uh-huh. Uh, he is, he is Canelo. He is the fighter. He, he says he is. He is the fighter people say he is. But Billy Joe Sanders is a good competitor, a good fighter that will bring a challenge, and uh, it could go either way. Yeah. So if it'll if, be close, if that's you what want, I want to see. Yeah, for sure. If you want to see something about Billy Joe Sanders, or you want to see what he fights like, what his style is, just look up uh, Billy Joe Sanders versus David Lemieux. Show uh, just to show you a little glimpse of what he's capable of when he gets in there, when he's feeling himself, when things are going right, when he's feeling really confident, when he's feeling really good. It's a problem. It's definitely don't let him get in his comfort zone because when he gets in his comfort zone, Jesus, it's gonna be a long night. They're one year off. Uh, Billy Joe's thirty-one and thirty. Perfect. So yeah, that's our rundown for for this week. You know, uh, follow the We Could Be Wrong podcast Twitter page where we discuss, break down, comment on certain topics of, that are going on during the week. If uh, we didn't touch on them um, on the podcast, and uh, yeah, you may agree, you may not agree, but that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy, man. One love.